Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans for fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. Hello, Brewer fans, and welcome back to another edition of the Brew Crew Review Podcast. This is podcast number 153. Uh, this is Vince Travato joining you on the set today uh, by Scott Bartell. Scott, how are you today? Uh, pretty good. Uh, not bad. We had to take a week off to cope a little bit, do a little bit of soul searching. I'm not sure that we did 153 podcasts, but that's fine. We're It's somewhere around there. Yeah, I just tend to throw a number out there at the, be- at the beginning of these. Um, <laughs> give or take. Are we, yeah, give or take a few here and there. And it's probably a lot more than that if you count our uh, Whammy Award-winning television show that we produced for a number of years. So who knows what the actual number is. Yeah, that's true. We could probably have Craig dig that up. Speaking of Craig, is he here on the set today or Chad? Have you talked to those guys? I know that you talked to him earlier. Um, I I thought there was a chance that we were going to get Chad on because I think the Bears have a bye this week, but um, I guess that's not going to happen. So I, I oh. think – I assume that he's doing something to help America's youth – yeah, one would one would think. Um, I mean, in lieu of doing a podcast, which does not. But um, is Craig on? Um, no, okay. I I don't know where Craig went. He probably had like a wedding or something. Always something. All right. Well, let's just jump right into it then, Scott. So, um, as all Brewer fans by this point are very well aware, the Brewers unfortunately lost the uh, the wild card play-in game uh, against the Washington Nationals. Um, Scott, as you alluded to, we did take a week off after that just to, to kind of regroup a little bit. And obviously there's not much Brewers news to report other than that loss. Um, you and I actually went to that game together, Scott. It was great to see you. I hadn't seen you for a bit in person. Um, so, you know, we got together out here in Washington, D.C. And and I, although it is still a bit painful to, to go back and start thinking about that game, um, Scott, why don't you why don't you take us back and what were your, some of your favorite points about that day outside of the the result itself? Um, I think the part that I really love most as well. First of all, since you're within walking distance of the stadium, it was really easy for us to pregame, um, so that was really important. I thought um, you know make sure we had the right mindset going into the game, um, and then um, actually in the stadium, I was kind of surprised that. Um, we didn't really get a lot of flack from a lot of uh, Washington Nationals fans. And um, not only that, but like basically every single person wearing, wearing Brewer gear gave us an emphatic go Brewers and a high five or, or, or something to that effect. So um, overall, just, uh, you know, I, obviously we'd like a different outcome, but overall just a great experience. Yeah, no, it was fun outside of the end result. And, you know, so so let's get into the game, I guess, a little bit. So the Brewers, um, you know, again, as all fans know by this point, but, you know, played really well for eight innings of that game or I guess seven and a half innings of that game and um, really were, were dominating. And, you know, that's not a word I would just use lightly, but we had managed to score a couple runs off of Max Scherzer, who, you know, has, has been virtually unhittable for all of his years in Washington, D.C. And, um, the Brewers looked really good. I know Yasmani Grandal had a home run um, to get things started right away in the first inning. And, you know, at that point in the game, it seemed like it was going to be close, but the Brewers offense kept piling on a couple of runs. Yeah, Thames ripped one too. Uh, it was 
really, it's it's been kind of interesting because Scherzer is normally uh, he's so good about keeping the ball in the ballpark, but um, to get two homers in the first two innings, like we knew that it basically to help kind of quiet the crowd a little bit. It's it's obviously great to get out in front and. Uh, typically when you are facing a dominant ace like Scherzer, if you're able to get to him, uh, you're usually your best chance is if you're aggressive in the very first inning uh, before they could settle down. And that's what happened. So, I mean, so far, I mean, after the first couple innings, we thought, man, it couldn't get, couldn't ask for much more. Great start. Yeah. And, you know, as the game went on, uh, things kind of got into this weird rhythm or of a sort of a, status quo you know the brewers uh weren't scoring more runs after the i think it was the third fourth inning at that point but um neither were the nationals and the brewers defense looked really solid uh brewers pitching was coming through um brent Suter got out of a bit of a jam and you know things were going well and then all of a sudden there was the big inning which you know was uh which was unfortunately the eighth which didn't give us much time to regroup um take us through the eighth inning i'm you know, for, for those of <laughs> those of our listeners who want to delve into it a little bit further. Well, um, the big takeaway from the eighth inning is, um, unfortunately, that um, Josh Hader, while electric and typically dominant, um, was unable to get any of his um, secondary pitches over for strikes. And unfortunately in this league, even if you're the most dominant pitcher in the world, unless you're named Mariano Rivera, uh, you're not really going to be able to get away with just one pitch. And uh, regrettably, it caught up to him. Yeah, and there was a defensive miscue out in right field by Trent Grisham. Um, I didn't I, – I, you know, a lot of these guys were, were kind of – uh, fans, I should say, were coming after Grisham after the game. And I thought that that was, you know, really uncalled for. This is a guy that has played really well for the Brewers down the stretch this year. He got called up in August or September even. And – you know, he's he's definitely one of the reasons that this team is in the position that we found ourselves in in September to begin with, after stepping in admirably, in my opinion, for an injured Christian Yelich. Do um, you think that this is going to come back to haunt a young guy like Grisham? No, nah, I don't think it will. Um, I mean, obviously, it would help if we just maybe won it all next year to help kind of put that to bed so he doesn't have to worry about it. Um, but um, no, I, I don't think so. I mean, overall, I mean, you looked at it at, from what I saw. I mean, we can look at a lot of different things here. I mean, first off, the uh, uh, the replay about the hit batsman where it kind of hit the hand and the knob at the same time, and uh, they gave it to him as a hit batsman. Yeah. Uh, kind of leads up to that. A little bit disappointing. Um, it looked like, I mean, from our or from my perspective anyway, up <laughs> in the nosebleeds, that um, he definitely thought that maybe he could get a play at the plate and cut down that tying run. Um, took went at it pretty aggressively. Uh, the hop wasn't it wasn't like a horrible hop, but it wasn't a super pure either. Uh, kind of skipped a little bit, and uh, yeah, unfortunately, clanked it and. You know, what can he do? I mean, I, it's nice that he, he attempted to be aggressive with it, but uh, in that situation, uh, I just don't think there was any way that he was cutting down that run. So I think you have to, you know, maybe take a more conservative approach and lay up there. Yeah, and so um, so that was unfortunately the end of the 2019 Brewers. Uh, 
we are do you think that we saw the last game of just my grand dollar mike moustakas in a brewer's uniform scott i mean i think it's entirely possible i mean it only takes one team that might say that they want to pay them i i mean you look at both of them and they took these one-year deals betting on themselves basically that they would be able to get a a big multi-year uh deal Uh, the only reason why the brewers basically got both is because they said hey look we'll give you the one-year deal and will kind of overpay you for just the one year. And they both wound up being all-stars and worked out for them. So if somebody is going to pony up the money, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if they took it. Yeah. And I, you know, if I'm thinking logically, I think that, you know, at least one of the two is going to be gone. I don't know that the Brewers are going to be able or want to match, um, especially what a guy like Yasmani is going to get on the open market. That being said, he was such a key component for us offensively and I really don't see that there's many other catchers on the open market at least that could step in and replace the production of a guy like Yasmani not only did he have a decent batting average but he hit for power Um, he walked a lot this season maybe you could have your interns pull up some of those stats but I I don't know how the Brewers are going to replace Yasmani but that being said again David Stearns always seems to find a way uh, to, to find that production and that value somewhere yeah. Um, okay, fine. I'll pull up this one stat then. Um, <laughs> Grandall walked 109, 109 times. I had to double check that. I was like, really? That's an awful lot. Yep. I mean, even Yelich yep. was kind of a walking machine this year too. And uh, uh, he only walked 80 times. Obviously, he didn't play as many um, yep. games with the season ending. But yeah, no, I've, the only thing that we kind of have going for us is basically what helped us land Grandal in the first place last year, and that was uh, there's just not a lot of teams that were uh, looking to, to change up catchers. I mean, there's obviously people out there that – there's a lot of teams out there that have a lot of good catchers already, and uh, they weren't willing to pay that kind of money for, uh, for the upgrade. So hopefully the same thing happens this year. Yeah, and we'll delve into this a little further on one of our upcoming episodes when we get into the hot stove league a bit after the World Series. But, you know, do you think that the Brewers are just going to be content with Manny Pena if we don't sign Grand Dollar, or do you think that we're going to have to target a catcher somewhere else? Um, I would think that we'd have to target somebody. I mean, you can't lose that kind of production. Um, I mean, without Grand Dollar, this team doesn't make the playoffs. Simple as that. And um, yep. Not only that, but we we really don't have anything in the minor league system that's going to be able to uh, come even close. In fact, I don't even I don't even know if we have a, a catch in the minor league system better than Pena. So, um, yeah, we'd have yeah. To, we'd have to do something. Yeah, Jacob Nottingham got a chance to play up in Milwaukee a bit this season, and he had a cup of coffee in twenty. 20- 18 as well, but he really hasn't put up the type of numbers that you'd like to see from a top prospect, you know, at that position. So um, I don't know if Nottingham is going to be a future answer, if he's going to be a bit player, or maybe he improves, but maybe not yet in Milwaukee um, either, or maybe he's backing up somebody else that comes in ahead of, uh, ahead of him that replaces Pena. There's a lot of variables that could take place here at the catching position. And, you know, again, we'll delve into that a little bit more in in future podcasts, but um, just wanted to get your thoughts on that really quick. Yeah, I was kind of surprised that um, maybe uh, Nottingham didn't – I'm surprised he didn't get more at-bats in September with this team. Um, I mean, obviously the team was playing so great, you didn't want to necessarily mess with chemistry. But I I kind of expected him to, you know, I guess 
have more, you know, pinch hitting opportunities and things like that, but it didn't really happen for him. Yeah, exactly. Well, we will uh, be able to, to, I think, get a pretty good gauge on what Stearns wants to do, you know, fairly soon. But he did say in kind of a, an interesting, um, you know, comment during the end of the year wrap up at the press conference, he did mention that they were interested right away in bringing back both Moustakis um, and Grandall. Was that surprising to you at all or fairly typical? Yeah, definitely typical. I mean, I don't know what else he was going to say in a situation like that. I mean, th- like I said, they're both all-stars. I mean, they both contributed so much. Um, obviously, the I, chemistry in the clubhouse seemed to be great all year. Uh, would really love to to get both of those guys back. And, yeah, we'll see what happens. And, and uh, Scott, what about the other Brewers' uh, potential free agents? Uh, Drew Pomeranz, Jordan Lyles. Um, sure I'm missing somebody, but those guys are also going to – hit the open market unless something were to happen in the next few weeks before the world series. Do you think the Brewers are going to be interested in or able to resign any of those guys? Yeah, we think that, um, I would think that we'd make a decent run at both of them. I mean, Jordan Lyles, uh, is, is quickly becoming like the starting pitcher version of Jeremy Jeffers. I mean, you put the guy uh, in a brewery uniform and he just does great. Um, but anywhere else he seems to struggle a little. So, or at least pitch not as well. So um, Pomerantz, I don't know, it kind of almost makes me wonder, like, is, is he content with being in the bullpen? Because I, I'm starting to think that there's probably not a lot of pitchers that are, or teams that are going to want to put him in the starting rotation. And with all the success that he had in the bullpen, um, I would think that if he's okay with that role, uh, that's definitely something that I would pursue. Because, I mean, as we know, I mean, our bullpen was, um, you know, the strong suit of our team the previous year. And then it was, it really fell apart this year. And he was one of those guys that really stepped up and helped write that ship. It was so important. And so I, I think we'd be crazy not to, and neither one of those guys is going to be like a particularly expensive free agent. So um, I, I think it's something we have to pursue. Yeah, and I tend to think that you're right. Um, so we what we saw with Pomeranz, or what he I guess also adds to the to the table for the Brewers, is a guy who's a veteran who has been very successful now coming out of the bullpen. But if the situation would arise that we would need a spot starter, he is definitely a guy that can fill in in that role. Um, kind of like what we saw with Adrian Hauser a little bit over the last season or two. But you know, Pomeranz adds that other layer of experience that even Hauser lacked and Hauser really came around this year too as a starter I think in the second half so I mean my personal hope is that they do go after and sign Pomeranz and we'll see it'll be really interesting to see what kind of deal Jordan Lyles gets I think that he's kind of comparable to Wade Miley after last season in 2018 um, in terms of being a guy that you know he um, didn't have a great year all year but he had a really good second half and then he was able to to, to pitch under a very team-friendly contract this season as well. So Miley ended up getting, I think, a one-year $5 million deal with Houston. Um, I could see Lyles getting something fairly similar, maybe a little bit less as well. What do you think? Yeah, I think it would be somewhere right around that, somewhere in the ballpark for sure. Um, and, and it would be great because, obviously, when you look at uh, both our bullpen and starting rotation, I mean, we had so much depth there, it seemed like, the previous year. And, uh, just wasn't uh, coming together this year. I mean, aside from Brandon Woodruff, who, by the way, pitched a hell of a game uh, in in the wild card. Yeah, um, yeah, should have mentioned mean, that right away. Yeah, really, absolutely. really tip my cap to that guy. Uh, but 
if we were in like a five game series, if we had advanced the next round, like I, I just don't think that our pitching or bullpen would have stacked up with, frankly, uh, any of the other teams that were uh, in the playoffs. So, I mean, it. Yeah, it, maybe it Minnesota, but outside of that, yeah. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. And, um, you know, one, one really good thing about getting as far as we did, despite the heartbreak at the end again this year, is that a guy like Woodruff comes through. Now the guy has pitched well in two different um, postseason opportunities, his two years in the big leagues. I mean, I think it's huge, personally, for a young guy like Woodruff to have that type of experience for for him to be able to rely on that in years to come um, as the Brewers hopefully continue to make the postseason and continue to advance even further than they have in 2018 or 2019. Um, I think it'll be huge for a guy that could conceivably be our ace for a number of years um, to have that type of experience. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I could extend that to just about anybody on the team right now because um, when you looked at some of those younger Brewer teams that we had, you know, in the early to mid 2000s, I mean, we just didn't have a lot of guys with that playoff experience and, and we were a young team. And then when we actually did make the playoffs, like that was great, but um, who knows what that experience would have done for us. So, I mean, experience is weird in the playoffs. Like it's never a bad thing. I think sometimes it can get overrated a little bit, but never a bad thing. And you just don't know what's going to happen with those um, with people that just don't have the experience. They're either going to say, Hey, right. well, we don't, we don't know any better. Let's just go out and win. Like, that's awesome. But um, you know, they can also get spooked. I mean, it's obviously, it's a whole new level. It's a, a whole completely different stage and yeah, you just don't know. So experience is never a bad thing. Yeah. Tougher intensity. You know, you've, you've just got obviously tougher competition as well, but I do think that that confidence that you can build up by being successful in the postseason can be really huge. Um, so again, I think that'll really benefit the Brewers down the road. Um, let's see, what else do we have to talk about from that game? Well, Hey, we got a chance to meet Bob Euchre, Scott. That was pretty exciting. Yeah, that was great. And it really, I, I don't know why, but it kind of bothers me that like, Bob Euchre, how old is Bob Euchre? Can I look this up? Do I have time to look uh, this up? Your inter just, just have your interns do it. That's fine. All right, fine. So I'll try to talk and have them look it up at the same time. But um, Bob Euchre is, however however old he is, uh, he's 85 years old now, all right? Bob Euchre is 85, and that guy is sharp as a tack. Like, he is more on point than I yeah. have ever been in my entire life. And, like, if – if I had half like the the capacity that he had at 85, I would be absolutely thrilled. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he he still sounds great on the air too. Like his voice is still, I think, just as good as it was 30 years ago. It's crazy. Yeah, and I guess that's the other thing. I mean, uh, of course, he he's obviously been broadcasting for forever uh, as a as a Brewers announcer. And these kind of playoff opportunities don't come along as often as you'd hope. Um, that's the only part that, I mean, we always thought like the two people that I really wanted this one for was Yelich for, you know, helping carry us there and then getting injured. And then Uke, of course. Um, so yeah, really just hope we can uh, find a way to get there next year. Well, and speaking of that, I mean, it's way too early to make any predictions, but what do you think is going to be the game plan for the Brewers this offseason to try to get us back to the playoffs in 2020? I, I think that 
Stearns is going to have like uh, his very typical uh, Stearns-like offseason. He's going to leave no stone unturned to be able to improve this club. And he's going to wind up doing it with patchwork arms, um, finding a way, and then um, looking at different role pieces. Like it, it just seems like this, this was a team that was, I hope I say this right, that, that was certainly, I guess, they played better than the sum of their parts. Like everybody had a role and it just was, each person was just a piece of the puzzle. I mean, when you look at it, we were basically like, I want to say probably around 17th or 18th in hitting, 17th or 18th in pitching. Like we were just kind of a sort of mid-pack team and yet we yeah. we were able to, put it all together. I mean, if you look at the Cubs, like they were probably top 10 in pitching and hitting. I mean, I don't know, but uh wouldn't surprise well, me and they couldn't put it together. Scott, so Scott, that's a great point. We, first of all, we do have a staff of interns that can look that information out for you. But second, um, when we're talking about this, do you think that Stern's like, is there a science behind this or is it random? I mean, when, when we're talking about this weird mix of ingredients, cause you're right, we're middle of the pack in a lot of different categories. And then yet we are, you know, postseason bound two years in a row under Stern's tutelage. We've got, um, I think, some expectations going into next year. And and I guess, well, after you answer that question, what is it that we need to do to take that next step? I mean, to get past the NLDS or the NLCS, what are we going to have to do for 2020? Well, I mean, see, that that's kind of the problem because we have a guy right now in Christian Yelich who, for being – basically the best player in the league um, is relatively cheap compared to what, what he brings. And when you look at, at that, I mean, people are going to say like, like every year, somebody's going to be like, Oh, Hey, why don't we just go out and sign Garrett Cole? Okay. Yeah, no, that's a great idea. Uh, let's go out and do that. Uh, all it's going to do is he's going to take up a fifth of our payroll and um, it might be enough. It might not be enough. So I mean, it's really difficult for a small market to invest that kind of money into one player. Um, it just winds up becoming an albatross of a contract more often than not. And so you kind of have to be creative with it. I mean, if you look at it, look at, look at what Pomerantz and Jordan Lyles did. I mean, we were a laughing stock at the trade deadline when we acquired those guys because they just thought, oh, typical Stearns, like not even really going for it. Like this is a team that needed help. And he hung them out to dry. Not true at all. Like he got these guys. He didn't give up the future. He didn't give up any like uh, major farm system pieces. And it worked. Like, I mean, what more do you want for the guy? Like, I mean, the stuff that he does, the guy's just a miracle worker. Yeah. He, he, well, and the proof is in the pudding, so to speak. I mean, you're right. He did get criticized. Uh, he did get questioned, I think, even on this podcast, uh, certainly on talk radio in Milwaukee. He got, you know, lambasted online um, for not doing more at the deadline. And I guess looking back, maybe he should have gotten one other starting pitcher. I mean, we never know who's actually available at the deadline until trades go down or if the Brewers were even in any of these talks. But um, all I can say is that the guys that he did acquire uh, worked out very, very well, and he didn't give up a ton for them unless you consider Mauricio Dubon to be a future all-star. Yeah, so I guess just to circle back then, just here's what the interns gave me anyway. Um, in hitting, the Cubs weren't quite top 10. They were they were 13th, and your Milwaukee Brewers were 20th. 
and in pitching, yeah, it wasn't great. Uh, your Milwaukee Brewers were 16th, Cubs were 7th. So, I mean, yeah, it was just one of those things where, I mean, this Brewer team knows how to win the close games, and they're built for that, and you know, they were able to put it together. The other team, a certain team from Chicago, was not able to put it all together. So, Yeah, and, it, and we've already seen big – We've already seen big changes around the league uh, in Chicago uh, being one of those places. So I think that there's eight managerial vacancies right now around baseball. Um, I think the Brewers, on the other hand, are going to have the National League Manager of the Year uh, this season in Craig Council. But um, Cubs are already making some big changes. Joe Madden, his contract was not renewed by Chicago. Um, they currently do not have a manager uh, at this point. So obviously there will be some changes down in Chicago and then other teams around baseball. Um, including within the division, the Pirates have let go of Clint Hurdle. Um, do you see, you know, I guess the Cubs taking a major, you know, uh, different tack, I guess, for 2020, or do you think they're going to kind of remain the same just with a different manager on the field? I, I really don't think it's going to be too different, to be honest. I mean, I, I know that they obviously want, like, there were, there were rumors that Joe Madden was losing that clubhouse a little bit and he had kind of worn out his welcome. Um, he obviously, it, the writing is sort of on the wall when you have uh, what many people do regard as still a very good manager, um, but he's in a lame duck contract. In other words, like this was a contract year for him and they didn't extend him. Usually in sports, um, if, if you go into a contract year like that, that says a lot more about um, – I mean, you're basically you're just kind of a dead man walking. I mean, they're just not going to bring you back. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I, I don't – there's not one manager out there right now that I think could sign with the Cubs that, that I think would be able to even rival Craig Council. So, uh, I'm not too worried about it. But, no, I, I think it's going to be business as usual in Chicago. Yeah, I tend to agree. As long as the you know front office remains the same, they're still going to have Theo. They're still going to have Jed Hoyer. So I I don't see a ton of changes at this point. I don't even know if the problem was on the field, so to speak. Yeah, or it could be on the field, but it's an off-field problem, like Addison Russell. So yeah. right. Well, there's that. <laughs> there is that. Um, yeah, we've got some uh, interesting playoff baseball going on. Like we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, we did take a week off uh, from doing the show. But um, as of right now, the uh, American League Championship Series, the National League Championship Series are going on. Uh, the Nationals are currently up 2 to nothing against the Cardinals, uh, and the Yankees are up 1 to nothing against the Astros. Um, do you see these series as ending in four games? Do you think that it's going to be um, – uh, who do you think is going to win at this point? Although it's a little unfair when somebody's already got a, a win or two um, in a best of, best of seven series. Yeah, I think the Nationals, wow. I mean, they're two games away from going to a World Crazy. Series. I mean, they they basically, they, they, they were an inning away basically from being eliminated completely. And now here they are two games away from the World Series. Baseball's a funny sport. Sometimes I hate it. But um, <laughs> what can you do? Um, no, I, um, I do think the Nationals are going to be able to, uh, to move on and, and, and eliminate the Cardinals. I think that'll happen. And even though the Astros are down the game and look pretty lifeless in, in their first game, I think they're going to come back and beat the Yankees. So, um, and then after yeah. that, I think, um, I think that the Astros will win the whole thing. That's, that's my prediction. 
All right, fair enough. The Astros are obviously a very, very good team, and um, that American League Championship Series I think is going to be really fun. Another game, game two is uh, here tonight. We take this on a Sunday evening, so looking forward to watching that one tonight. Um, hey, fellas. Well, hey, Craig, is uh, great to great to have you join us. Oh, hello. <laughs> yep, I assume you guys uh, may have already discussed um, your wild card game experience. We did. We did. Yeah, we awesome. talked about that. We actually just threw out predictions um, as far as uh, who we thought would advance to the World Series and who we thought would win it. If you want to chime in on that, want to chime in? Oh yeah, yeah Vince, you got to give that pick to yet. I think. Yeah, um, I'll give Craig a second to think then, and uh, say that. Yeah, I'll say that the Nationals do hang on and beat the Cardinals. Um, I'm gonna go with the Yankees in the American League. I uh, just I think that they're. Also a very good team this season. So we'll say uh, Yankees, Nats, World Series. And on a weird twist, we'll say that the Nationals take it. Although, boy, that's such a bad bullpen. They've been riding the starting rotation here in the playoffs since since the game against us. I, Boy, it's tough. But I'll just say Nationals. They got a little momentum. Okay. Well, I don't need, need time to think. I'm just going to go with my – preseason prediction um if you scott i don't know if you can maybe have one of your interns call up the uh audio from our preseason preview prediction or podcast i should say yeah, can, um because i'm pretty edit, sure they can edit that. yeah they can edit that into the show scott if you could just yeah, edit that in that'd be awesome um I'm, i won't but okay <laughs> yeah no just have one of your interns do it scott that's what that's what you're there no, for our, our interns are idiots you don't understand they're i just okay just all right let, yeah well, I'll, I'll edit anyway, it guaranteed yeah just, go ahead I'm, in case they don't get around to that um i believe i did predict uh astros national world series so i'll stick with wow. that i'll have i probably yeah i'll just stick with that i guess um I do think the Nationals will pull out. Wow. Fortunately, and I'm sure you guys already chimed in, the Brewers did did have them on the ropes, as you guys were well aware. Um, That's just too unfortunate. But uh, because who knows, this just doesn't seem like that year, even though the Brewers without Christian Yelich, if they would have gotten past the Nats, it seemed like it was just going to be kind of anyone's game. Um, And the National League, well, of course, the Dodgers seemed like the far and away best team, but Nationals took care of them. I think the Brewers could have done so also in a five-game series. So, fortunately, we'll never know. But, yep. um, yeah. So That's what's so weird, though. I mean, you look at it and you're like, well, um, okay, look at the teams that got eliminated. All right, the Brewers, that was, that was pretty heartbreaking. But was it any more heartbreaking than um, the Dodgers having the best record in the league and then um, and then getting bounced out? at home like that i mean or well, what about what's, what's what's crazy about that series really quick is that the nationals faced two elimination games i mean i went to one of them out here in dc and the dodgers had two opportunities to to win that series and they didn't take advantage or do it so i mean i think they've got to feel especially crushed that happened basically what happened in our wildcard game happened twice to them yeah or the braves you you basically you have them on the ropes in in game four goes to extra innings, and then you lose. And then in game five, you just completely poop the bed and give up 10 runs in the first? Holy hell. I mean, I, it's about as heartbreaking as that gets, too. So, I mean, I guess it's heartbreaking anytime anybody gets eliminated. But those two, man, brutal. 
Yeah, especially brutal. Well, I think that the Brewers, the Brewers are going to be able to, to bounce back. I think for 2020. I mean, I don't think that anyone is really going to take this wild card game loss uh, into next season. I to the point where you know we're we're still looking up. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Whereas I think that other teams um, like the Dodgers are not necessarily looking down, but they were really expected to be the the NL champs this year in many ways. I mean, they've been to the World Series two years in a row. It's just how many years in a row can they continue to dominate um, that division or get to the World Series? So I I think for the Brewers, a team still on the up, I think that it's a little bit easier than a team like the Dodgers. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure Dodger fans can rest on the laurels with the fact that uh, if they need to – spend a little bit more money on free agency next year. I'm sure that they might have the payroll flexibility to do so um, and make it back in the playoffs once again next year with a star sort of cast. So I'm not too worried about Dodgers fans crying or anything like that since uh, they were in the World Series and made it obviously Brewers last year. But here's an interesting question for you guys. Um, hypothetically, of course, would you rather – obviously the Brewers lost in heartbreaking fashion, and I guess like Vince pointed out, when you get eliminated and your season's over, it's kind of heartbreaking fashion no matter how how it ends. But um, would you rather no? If the Brewers would have gotten past the Nationals and the Dodgers, but then lost to the Cardinals and the NLCS again in St. Louis, um, would you rather the Brewers have lost in that fashion or the fashion that they did uh, if you had the knowledge that the Nationals were going to eliminate the Cardinals once they got past the Brewers? Hmm. I mean, question, but... I mean, if I, I mean, know I... it, it's just going to be more and more heartbreaking no matter how close you get, I guess. So, I mean, having said that, I'd rather lose the way we did, but I – don't particularly like either but thinking back and being there when the cardinals limited us um you know i don't know you'd probably need i'd probably need like a a welfare check or be on suicide watch after have after having to watch that miller park that one year and then having to relive it that would be awful yeah uh i tend to think you want to play as far as or as long as you can so i mean i i think you always go for the wins as long as possible of course, I would have liked for us to have the opportunity to play in the NLCS, whether it be the Cardinals, and of course, beating the Cardinals would great, but knowing, having the prior knowledge that we would have lost, the if we would have been guaranteed we would have lost the Cardinals in the NLCS, I would have much rather just lost to the Nats and the Walker than like we did. Obviously, we would have had the excuse of not having Yelich and whatnot, but um, it just that would have been horrific. Um, so, with that being said, I mean, I really do feel like the Brewers, with their awesome month of September, making the playoffs, even though we're one and done, he, he's got to talk about this being a pretty successful season and uh, give Stearns and Council huge amounts of credit because um, they did it with, you know, basically some, you know, starting pitching that was just, you know, obviously our number one pitcher coming in the year was Julio Chessine, and he ended up being cut. So the Brewers still to make the playoffs when you're – going into the season number one starter gets cut at some point, that's pretty rare, I would imagine. Yeah, that's, that's, that was a very impressive month. I think it was the best 20-game stretch uh, in Brewers franchise history when we went 18-2 and two at one point. So, obviously, that was, that was really exciting to watch just as a fan, and I completely unexpected after Yelich's injury, which was just unbelievable. And 
Uh, Mike Moussakis missed a handful of games, and Brandon Woodruff was on the DL, and Lorenzo Cain was banged up. I mean, we were winning games with Trent Grisham and winning games with Tyler Austin and winning games uh, in ways that I hadn't thought possible. Jordan Lyles and Drew Pomeranz and Ray Black. I mean, it was just this weird cast of characters that came together uh, in September. So as a fan, it was a really, really exciting stretch for, for the Brewers. Yeah, Suter came back and basically dominated. Yeah, and then yeah. Jimmy Nelson. Jay, Jay Jackson, yeah, and Jimmy Nelson came back and didn't. Like, I mean, it was just, it was kind of crazy that, like, we had such high hopes for guys like, you know, Shaw and Nelson. And, uh, like, it just didn't work out. But then you have other people that, like, wind up stepping up. And, I mean, pretty much that entire rotation and bullpen like it seemed like once Yelich went down like literally almost everybody stepped up and it was so great but um actually Craig I wanted to pivot and throw this one out to you because this was uh one of our Twitter polls um then Vince and I had kind of already talked about it if you can only bring back one between Grandal and Moustakis um Grandal is what I think about 18 mil and Moustakis is I think around about 11 or so I don't know um, which one do you bring back if you could only have one? Well, I think it'd be a pretty unanimous Grandel. I mean, just because of the catching position, he's far and away the best catcher in the NL, uh, if not in all baseball. Uh, and so you've got the numbers he put up, like offensively, and he walked over 100 times. That's ridiculous from a catcher. And uh, all the reports that I've heard. I mean, a huge impact on the pitching staff. So um, I think uh, Grandal far away. With that being said, I am personally am more of a fan of Moustakis, and I think that he's someone that Milwaukee would be kind of an ongoing fan favorite Milwaukee moving forward. And with Shaw's struggles, he filled in admirably um, at third base, but also starting the season at second base until here was ready. He was a pretty valuable guy for us, and I think he would be moving forward. Um, but I'd go with Grandal for sure. Craig, yeah, right. have you talked to our have you have you had a chance to sit down with our anonymous source Tom Carter to see if he's talked to either one of these guys yet about their intentions or whether or not they are likely to be back with Milwaukee? I could say that I I have not talked to Tom specifically about that. I don't think that's not really the way Tom Carter operates. I mean, he kind of operates in the shadows. That's what makes him an anonymous source. Like he, he right. doesn't have to sit down with them. Like he'll just kind of, you know, Hey, have this guy, like all of a sudden, like they'll be, they'll be walking into the stadium one day or something like that, or they'll be saddled up to a bar somewhere. Somebody will just come in right. and just go, Hey, um, TC or hey, Tom, Tom C or hey, Tom Carter. Carter. Yeah, I've got this information. Yeah, right. he wants to know um, what do you think? Do you think you're going to take the option or what? Brewers are in if you're in. And then, you know, that that's kind of the way it'll go. So we'll see what happens with it. On our Twitter poll, the, oh, at, and I should point out that Tom does want us to keep us anonymous or keep his, his name anonymous with it. But, you know, we'll work on that. Um, I did want to say, though, that Grandel um, is currently leading that poll. 68% said they would bring back him over Moustakis. So, um, or Moustakis. Well, there we go. Yeah. Uh, one more quick yeah. poll I wanted to bring up. Uh, this one has actually garnered a lot of uh, uh, of votes and attention so far, but um, it's kind of interesting. Which, considering that we're a Brewers-dominated Twitter, that's all we talk. 
Um, which team is most likely to win a championship first? Uh, Brewers, Bucks, Packers, or Badgers? And I will let uh, Badger football specifically. So I'll let you guys pick, and then I will give you the results. Uh, which team is most likely to win a championship next? Um, boy, I'll say – I mean, my heart's always the Brewers, but I'll say that the Bucks are pretty talented this season. We'll, we'll see if the NBA actually allows it to happen, but I'll, I'll just say Bucks. I will say – Brewers, Bucks, Badgers, and Packers in that order. But Scott, if you put up, if your intern put up a poll on our Twitter that has a Packers listen on it, I would please like you to fire the intern immediately. This is not a Packer podcast, and there will be no talk of Packers on this. And I'm sure if you put up any poll that includes <laughs> Packers, the Wisconsin sport fans, the Packers will win the poll. So uh, again, intern fired after this episode. Thank you. Well, um, Craig, I know that you're I know that you're a Dolphins fan, Craig. But geez, did they play uh, today, Craig? Speaking of that, yeah, they they lost the toilet bowl game, which was awesome because that's going to possibly ensure them the number one pick. In fact, they with six seconds ago they got the tying touchdown, but they decided to go for two, and I think they might have purposely missed it, which was an awesome move. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, I. I would have to agree with you, Vince. I think that um, the Bucks have uh, a really good chance considering they obviously have the Greek freaks and they have the best player in the league right now. But um, our Twitter poll has 58% saying Bucks, 26% saying a certain football team from Green Bay that I won't mention just for Craig. Um, and then 10% said Badger football. Your Milwaukee Brewers – are currently last in this poll at 7%. So, um, so I will I will say that the timing is a little bad, Scott, only because with the Brewers just recently being eliminated from a postseason game, it's hard, I think, for fans to, to get excited right now for, you know, a Brewers playoff team. So, I mean, if you ask that question the week after the Packers lost the playoff game, I don't know that you get the same, the same response for what it's worth. It also yeah. might have factored in slightly that uh, if anyone's been waiting 50 years for the Brewers to win a championship and it hasn't happened, they might be a little bit hesitant to vote for the Brewers on that poll, maybe. I don't know why. It's, but uh, that, that could factor into it, I suppose. Yeah, we're celebrating yeah. our 50-year anniversary on our 51st season for some reason next year, right? <laughs> yeah, we are. The Brewers <laughs> just wrapped up their 50th year in Milwaukee. <clears throat> and their 51st year as a franchise starting with the Seattle Pilots in 1969, and we're celebrating it next year. All right. Makes sense, I guess. I don't know. but Well, the, the Milwaukee Brewers have always had some questionable hiring practices for their front office and internal other things, so it doesn't always surprise me. Yeah, they did hire all of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what were they um, thinking? All right, Scott, do we have anything in the mailbag today? Uh, no, nothing in the mailbag. We're still, I'm still sorting through everything from, uh, from being on vacation. So uh, we kind of have a, a backlog there. But um, some of the questions that came in, unfortunately, they came in um, actually before the wild card game. And so like, we kind of had to pivot and focus on the offseason. So if I did miss your question, you sent it in. 
really sorry about that. I did try to answer them on Twitter for you, but um, yeah, no, I mean, keep sending them in. We're going to be a little bit more diligent on that now, but uh, like all Brewer fans, we kind of needed a, a little bit of time to decompress and uh, before we could look forward to the future. Yeah, and uh, that's a reminder for, for all of you listeners out there. You can email us any questions, and Scott and the interns will eventually get to them. Brew Crew Review Podcasts with an S at gmail.com, or give us a follow on Twitter, uh, Brew Crew Review One. I know that we're actively monitoring the Twitter page um, so that we'll be able to answer your questions as soon as possible on there. And you can also find us on Facebook, possibly multiple accounts on Facebook, in fact, um, and we are not actively monitoring that. But um, you know, we'll get around to it maybe once a month. Um, you can, in fact, if you, if you, for whatever reason, like you don't have a way to listen to this podcast, but you had access to YouTube, you can listen to it there too. So, um, you'll just there you go. a screen of, uh, our Brewers logo. And in fact, it's, it's very possible that if you were looking for Brew Crew Review merch, um, you might be able to just, I guess, Google that or, um, yeah, it's out there. I'll just leave that breadcrumb trail for you. Yep, that, that's a, a great uh, great pivot there, Scotty. Um, we will, on our next episode, be giving our Brewers awards for the 2019 season, so look forward to uh, talking with you guys about what grade we're going to give Brewers players and uh, which awards go to which players on the team. Uh, we can also recap the World Series during that podcast, since it'll be uh, right after that is done, or during the series where we can update our predictions and uh, – We'll see if Craig's predictions are still accurate. Yep, should be exciting. Right. Well, I'd like to say go Brewers, but um, I guess we're trying to get too many moves yet in this part of the offseason. But I know that uh, the Brewer, our, our listeners will stick around for the uh, upcoming hot stove season, and uh, things are really looking up for the 2020 Milwaukee Brewers season, um, even if it isn't our 50th, 51st season. I think things are looking really good with uh, core that around. Obviously, Christian Yelts will be back at full health. We'll have a full season at Kesson Hira. Uh, Trent Grisham will most likely be an everyday starter, and there's a lot more to get excited about. Obviously, Brandon Woodruff will hopefully be healthy for start off the year, and Brent Suter and all this. So there's lots of positivity, and, of course, there's some offseason moves coming too. So it should be exciting offseason. Hopefully, you stick around with us uh, as, we, as we move to the offseason. Sounds great, guys. Good talking, talking to Brewers baseball again. Uh, looking forward to our next podcast. And I guess go Brewers and stay classy with Johnson. Stay classy. Stay classy with Bell. Go Brewers. Dun, 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 dun.